Welcome to Late Night Writers. I'm Gretchen Foles, and I'm joined by Trevor. Hello. And on this episode, we talked to Nicole Hausman, and I'm really excited about this one. I think this uh, episode is going to be a good one for our listeners. Um, Just her explaining and how she started to where she is now, I think it's a very interesting journey that she shares with us. This is a great one for um, high schoolers to find out like what it is to be an equestrian at college oh, yeah. and for business people like she just started her own business and she's a mom and so she talks about how to get your kids involved in riding at a very young age and get them invested it's just it just shows like and she even tells us like pretty much i mean there's going to be a challenge when you're going through all these parts in your life but you can still do it you can still do what you want to do in the equestrian lifestyle and what you need to do outside of that as well i think it's really interesting Yeah, and she's a really incredible woman, so please enjoy. Today I'm joined with Nicole Hausman, um, my grandmother Debbie, my mom Kristen, and Trevor. Hi guys. Hi, Nicole. So Nicole, tell us a little bit about um, when you first started riding. Um, So I started riding when I was six. Uh, My mom's best friend, her daughter, had a pony that lived in their backyard, and um, I was doing ballet at the time, and all I wanted to do was ride horses. So (laughs) my mom uh, let me quit ballet and start riding, and so I started taking lessons in Evansville, Indiana. Okay. Um, at an eventing barn. And I just fell in love. So my dad had always told me that if I could buy my first horse, that I that, that would be fine. So I saved every penny I ever got. And when I was 12, I bought my first horse for $3,100. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what types of jobs did wow. you do to So I did anything from, like, helping my neighbors move and pack boxes or um, take, taking care of their animals. I sold. That was, like, when T.Y. Beanie Babies was a really big thing. Yeah. And so I sold all of my Beanie Babies on Aww. eBay. You <laughs> <laughs> were devoted. Aww. <laughs> so, and then we got an allowance, you know, for doing chores around the house. So I always saved everything I ever got because, so, like, that was my goal, that I was going to buy a horse. And then I think that's when my parents realized that it was not the initial expense of a horse. It was all the upkeep that they had promised that they would pay for oh. if I bought the horse. <laughs> um, but then I spent every weekend at the barn uh, riding. Mm -hmm. and helping out and doing chores so that I could just be around more and getting more lessons. Um, So what was your first horse? What was this little... She was an Oldenburg mare. Um, She was so much fun, but I had her for four months, and then she got kicked out in the pasture and broke her Mm -hmm. leg. Um, And so we we ended up putting her down, and then my parents bought me my next horse. And she was a thoroughbred mare off the track. Oh, Yeah, she was a thoroughbred mare, not off the track, but yeah. So, um, and then we moved to Pennsylvania when I was 14, and I still was doing eventing at the time, and we competed with that same thoroughbred mare up to um, training level eventing. And I thought that was the greatest thing ever, you know, doing eventing. And then um, I started working, a Grand Prix rider came to the barn that I was at, mm-hmm. and he didn't have a groom at the time, and so he told me if I would help him groom that he would allow me to ride his like ride one of his horses or he would give me lessons and what age was that um I was 17 at that time okay and so I was like sure free lessons that sounds great I can do whatever and I felt my horse passage for the first time and I was sold on dressage forever for people like me who are 
aren't really in the horse uh-huh. equine world. What does that mean? So passage is more like an elevated trot that um, is not in place. So an in place trot is passage is piaf. The passage is the piaf moving forward. Okay, it's very pretty. It's yeah. very it very it looks very like elegant. elegant. Yeah, very yeah. elegant. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I really fell in love with dressage when I was working with that um, Grand Prix rider. And then I went to college and I continued riding there because I have my degree in equine studies. Um, and then I rode in the Intercollegiate Dressage Association um, all four years in college. And then... Uh, you said that, that you were the um, captain of that team. I was. So what all goes into being the captain of a dressage team? So it's running meetings. We have le- weekly meetings and weekly practices. Um, and so just kind of organizing the the um, lessons every week and making sure that everyone's showing up and that the people that are going to be on the shows for that month, um, you know, are making sure they're getting there on time. And then um, once a year, your college has to host a show. So we're once the show season. Um, so then that was like being in charge, helping to be in charge of the running the show and making sure all the tests are together and all the horses are ready to go. So is this like, all equine studies majors or is it anyone yeah so anyone who was in our college could um try out to be on the team and then we had tryouts and you could either we had a like what we called like a club team part of it um where we had people that still came to do lessons and learn and um grow in your riding and then we had the competition team so like those were the people that were showing on a regular basis okay and then like Excuse me, I went to a very small school. That's okay. Um, so was it like you had a barn on the campus and anyone could just bring their horses in or did they have horses provided for students? Yeah, so the competition, there are horses provided. Um, so you do it in groups. So there's like a group A and there's a first level horse, a train, a high training horse, a low training horse, and an intro horse. And so there's group A, group B, group C mm-hmm. most of the time. And there's there was normally like five to six um, teams that we're all competing together. So okay. normally each school brings two teams, an A team and a B team. Um, and then you draw, your team draws a group of horses. So say you draw a group A. So whatever horse is in that group, I have to ride that horse in a test, in a dressage uh-huh. test. And you have 10 minutes to warm the horse up and get to know it and then ride the test. That's intense. Yeah. <laughs> Pressure. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot of learning. You know, when you train and you ride your own horse, it's very different than when you ride and in the college um, setting because you have to ride exactly what you have in that moment because somebody that rode before you could have done something very different. Maybe the horse really liked them. Maybe they didn't like them. And then you may have to try to, like, be like, it's okay. I'm not going to pull on your mouth, you know, like. Yeah. So then you have to really ride what you have in those 10 moments, in Gives those 10 minutes. Lots of experience, doesn't it? With yeah. the different horses, the different riders. Yeah. Yes. So you're also mm-hmm. an equine studies major. What did your classes look like? Um, so we had to do everything, pretty much. We had to be in breeding management, and we had to um, we had standard bred breeding at my college. And so um, we had to watch foals be born. And we had practicum, which is where you have to be there twice a week, Um, and then one weekend every month and you had to do stalls and you had care horses that you had, that you were in charge of that horse, just like it was your own. And you had exams in that, on that horse, like how well they're presented. Um, and then I had to take business 
equine business classes. You had to take, um, and I take all the regular classes like English right. and math and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we, I took uh, equine uh, massage therapy, and you had to take a driving class. And then you had all your ride. You had a riding class uh, each semester. So, did you get certified in anything while you were going through this? So, we um, Delaware Valley University is a British Horse Society um, certified college, and so they and um, the well, I don't think he's the director right now, but um, one of the instructors there, Angelo, is um, I, I believe is the highest level that you can get in British horse society. So he brings, um, instructors over from the British horse society and we had certifications there. So I am certified through level three and have my, um, trainer certification. Cool. Nice. Nice. So then, um, you are competing and what all did you compete in when you were in college? So when I was in college, I competed at first level at at the college level. And then at that same time, I was trading my Clydesdale Thoroughbred. So I eventually, I first purchased him from California. Um, and my, my mom, we were doing, I was still doing eventing at the time. And my mom had called this lady from California and was like, I really like this horse. What do you think about him? And I'm like, yeah, we're not buying a horse from California. We live in Pennsylvania. I can't even go try it, you know? And... I'm listening to my mom on the phone and she's like, well, if I offer you this price, will you take him right now? And I'm like, are you nuts? <laughs> buying a two-year-old oh in California. Goodness. And um, so my mom was like, sold. And he came off the trailer and he had this giant head and this little bitty skinny body. And I thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> what have we bought? And he turned out to be Aww. so awesome. Aww. He did not like to jump. At all, but he's the horse that I felt passage for the first time, and he let me make so many mistakes in my training, mm-hmm. um, and he just was so good about it. You know, uh-huh. he just doesn't do anything wrong, and um, that horse can do one tempies, he can do twos and threes. Mm-hmm. Um, he just taught me so much. Uh, I ended up. He's actually at the college that I graduated from teaching students right oh, now. And he's a teacher. Yeah, they love him there because it ended up when I was riding him and training him to pre-St. George, which was like a dream of mine to wear my to- my uh, tails for the first time. And I wore a top hat because that's, you know, when we all weren't wearing helmets at FBI. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, um, and. But the, the reality was he was a Clydesdale thoroughbred, so he was never really going to be super competitive with the big warm bloods. So I bought a, after I got married, um, I bought a three-month-old Oldenburg mare who was more bred for dressage. And then I, they, I offered them to my college and they have him, they've had him for six years now. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you married your college sweetheart. I did. <laughs> And, um, how did that, like, how, what were you planning on doing? And then how did your life change? (laughs) So when I met my husband, the sweet man, he, um, I was taking 19 credits. I was playing college volleyball at the time and I was cleaning about 20 stalls a day to pay for my horse. Um, and then I was still riding in college. And so when I first met him, I was like, look, the time I have for you is at the barn. That's all I have because I don't have any extra time. So he came and he learned to um, clean stalls and he learned to tack (laughs) up horses and he learned to clean tack and he did it 
like no problem that was fine so I was like mm, I think this kid might be a keeper <laughs> <laughs> so um and I know a lot of my fr- um, friends that I graduated college with they went off to be working students um and so they had a you know, kind of like a different path. Um, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I knew I always wanted to be a mom. That was something that I always had wanted to be. Um, and so I wasn't really sure where life was going to take me when I left college. Um, you know, like when I worked for that Grand Prix rider, he had always said, what are your goals? Like, what do you want to do? And I, one of my goals was always take a horse from start to finish. So having that opportunity to buy a three-month-old horse and start her from the ground up and do all of that stuff myself. Um, and right now we're working on third-level movements, which is adding the flying lead change in, mm-hmm. um, has been really rewarding to be able to do that. My hope is that she'll be a Grand Prix mare. Yeah. We'll see. Exciting. <laughs> if she does so that, when so. you're in school, because, you know, putting Gretchen through college, we learned a lot. Um did you have the ability, like, to help other kids who are going through this? Did you have the ability to have a job, or, you know, what did that look like, um, and what tips do you have for kids who are going to school for something like this? So um, one thing I thought our college was really, really great at was we had to do internships in the equine industry, and they really encouraged you to do different internships, like within different aspects of the equine industry to kind of feel what you wanted to do. I um, mean, they could absolutely be paid jobs. So um, I did that, but I also taught um, what I call like up-down lessons, you know, uh, really beginner kid lessons mm-hmm. all through college pretty much at a farm that was right down the road from where I kept my horse at. And so that helped me a lot with like having a job. But um, yeah, I think that like the horse industry is a really, really hard industry to be in anyway. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of work. Um, and so realizing that like you're always working and you're always on call and like the horses don't just stop eating because it's Christmas or New Year's or your birthday you know they always need something um is really important like if you want to be in this industry and if you don't and and if that's not the lifestyle you want there are lots of other jobs to take you know like when I um before we moved out here I worked at Hassler Dressage which was an amazing opportunity and I was the for a while I was the groom, um, and then a barn manager for a little while, and then the breeding, uh, assistant breeding manager there for a little while. But I worked from seven to four because I had kids that I had to go pick up from school. And so like, that was really the lifestyle that I needed at the time. And so it still allowed me to fulfill my horse passion Mm -hmm. and so much learning that I got to do there, you know, all the amazing clinicians that come in, um, but then still having a life outside of horses. Yeah. Right. Was it hard to find that balance after you had grown up with this, you know, so intense, uh, being with the horses all the time and then finding the balance to family? Yes. And it's still hard because now I'm running my own business and I have, you know, I'm running my own farm and training business out of Centerline Farms in Swanton. And so I have five horses in training there that I take care of. And so I have to be there for morning chores and, you know, like I have, they have to be ridden five days a week. And so even now it's really hard at times for me to find that balance of, um, you know, my kids are little, they're six, four and two. So, um, finding that balance (laughs) can be really, really difficult for me at times. I'm really fortunate that I have a really supportive husband and supportive family and the kids will come and they sweep and they'll, you know, take in some of the horses that are calmer and, um, (laughs) they'll groom horses and stuff. So, and Mm -hmm. my daughter loves to clean tack. 
That's, wow. a, that's a really great thing to have. <laughs> do any of your kids have the same passion that you do for the horses, do you think? Um, you know, I'm not sure yet. So I thought Zoe, my oldest, might. Mm-hmm. Um, but she got thrown off pretty good when she was about three. And ever since then, she's a little nervous, which I'm yeah. okay about, actually. Um, you know, when she got thrown off, I was right there and I my trainer instinct kicked in first to go like, oh, you did so great and you held on for so long. And then when she went out of the arena, I lost it and, you know, became a puddling tear message. (laughs) And um, so in that moment, I was like, I'm really okay if she doesn't want to ride. Like, that might be okay with me. Yeah. Yeah. It changes. We had the same thing too. And I think you go through seasons of, you know, where you kind of have some times where maybe you take a step back and let it, you know, just sit for a while until they find that passion again. So yeah. And not everybody in the family ends up, you know, doing the same thing that you have the passion mm-hmm. for. I mean, they might be passionate about it, but they may not do all of it, too. So, but, you know, they they still, I think, being out in the barn, like you said, yeah. doing the chores, they learn to respect it. And I think they also learn, I think children learn a lot from that in the way yes. that, you know, there are jobs to do and yeah. they can be done and not just sitting in the house, maybe. And I mean, we were in the barn all the time. Like, I had a really bad fall when I was in third grade and that's when I was kind of like, okay, I'm not. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not about this. Like, this is great. I love being around the horses, but I don't think riding's my thing and I eventually found my passions. But, like, we were over there all the time. My sister was up in the hay bales playing with the cats mm-hmm. and, you know, we really grew up in the barn. Mm-hmm. And wow. I saw the videos on the internet and I was like it's not for me <laughs> you don't know yet though I it have, could be for you I have been you're on going a horse. to ride this, this so. yes I would, you're going to I ride I would totally be okay with this spring. riding a horse okay we'll get you on the horse yeah. Trevor so you graduated Again, so. college and then where did where did you go after that so when I graduated college um I got married two weeks later Okay. And then my husband had already had a job in Maryland. So we lived in Delaware at the time. And my first job was at Dover Saddlery. That's what I first did afterwards. And that was really fun, like learning the retail aspect of it. Um, So that was really nice. And then I got a job at Maryland Therapeutic Riding. And that was about an hour and a half drive for me. But it was one of the most amazing jobs I've ever had. I mean, like you witness so many miracles on a daily basis happening there. It was, I mean, we, I think I cried more at that job than I've like (laughs) any other place. And, um, so that was really awesome. And so I was the equine director there for a little while. And so basically I, you know, was in charge of all the horses. And then I rode all the horses on a, on a regular basis. Um, we found that it really changed the horses their overall attitudes, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they're, they're working with, um, kids that, um, aren't symmetrical, you know, their, their muscles aren't symmetrical, mm-hmm. things are happening, you know, it's different things like that. And so then the horses would tend to get asymmetrical. And then, so if they were having a job and really working their bodies properly, like in dressage, then they, their overall health tended to be happier. They tended to, you know, help our riders benefit a lot more, um, so that was really my my focus yeah. when I was there. Yeah. Um, and then after that job, I um, I decided that I want we would, were going to start having a family, and an hour and a half drive was not feasible having right. a family mm-hmm. at the same time. So um, I was fortunate enough that Hassler Dressage was looking for like a temporary spot while um, one other uh, people at the time was having knee surgery. 
And so Suzanne Hassler had called me and she was like, do you want this position? And I was like, yes, I do. Absolutely. (laughs) So, um, I worked there. Um, I think I was five months pregnant when I started working there and I worked there up until the day I was, had Zoe. And then, um, I worked, I worked there for two years, just over two years, I think. And then we moved to the East coast. Or to the Midwest. To yeah. <laughs> so where did you, where in all of this did you get into the circuit of, you know, the, what is it, the St. George? I want to say it's right. Pre-St. George? Yeah, pre-St. Yeah. George. How did that all, where did that all fit in? Um, I think I started doing pre-St. George with Colton um, when I was a sophomore in college. Yeah, either a sophomore or junior in college, because I know that I, um, one of my last shows on him was when, after JD and I were married already. Um, so I rode him at Pre St. George for a while. He, um, when I started working with that Grand Prix dressage rider, we kind of figured out that, you know, the lower levels, when you have more elastic gates, um, you tend to score higher because that's kind of what the it's based on and then we call it like the tricks you know as you go up the levels you get more and more tricks and he was really good at the tricks not so great at like the elastic movements because he just wasn't built that way to have these big movements Mm -hmm. and so I actually I showed him at third level I think twice and then we skipped fourth level and just went to pre-St. George oh wow Wow. how exciting (laughs) really exciting and so is that something like that you do is that part of the curriculum or is that just something that you did on your own at like during the summers or how does that how yes. do you fit that into your schedule <laughs> so I still rode my horse every day during college um and still work and that's when I worked for the Grand Prix rider all through college too so I did both of those things at the same time so you were giving lessons yeah you were uh <laughs> Co- like collegiate athlete playing volleyball you yeah. were captain of the your dressage team you're riding every single day and taking 19 credit yeah, hours I was going to say she's definitely not an overachiever in any way <laughs> shape or form yes so you know? I only played volleyball the first my freshman year of college okay. um because I realized after my freshman year like I wasn't going to go on to be some amazing volleyball player and you know anything like that. So I was like, you know what, I just, I need to give somewhere. And so that was where I gave. Um, I still play volleyball now for our church league, yeah, which I really enjoy. Um, but yeah, so I only did volleyball for one year, but then I did everything else. Yeah. Yeah, Everything filled in, (laughs) everything in between and more. Yes. Yeah. Um, I look back now and I think, I don't know how I did that stuff. Like, I don't know how I did all that. Do you think you'll expect the same thing from your kids? (laughs) um i always tell my kids that um they never have to be the best but they have to be the best version of themselves Mm -hmm. so um you know i never expect my kids to be the best you know if zoe really likes gymnastics so i never expect her to be like you know an olympian gym gymnastics but if she wants to be that that's great Mm -hmm. but i expect her to try her best you know i expect them to to do their best in whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then you um, came here mm-hmm. and you were in Perrysburg and you were, you hadn't started your business yet. No. Okay. So when we first moved here, um, I was pregnant with our 
middle son, Sammy, and um, I was on bed rest for 27 weeks. And it just so happened that it was, we didn't find a replacement for me at Hassler Dressage. So they allowed me to continue to do my job when I moved here because it was, you know, it's a lot of on the phone, being a breeding assistant manager is um, a lot of on the phone, a lot of computer work, things like that. So they allowed me to keep doing my job remotely, which was such a blessing. (laughs) So nice. So, um, I got to do that, and then when that ended, then the breeding manager at Hassler Dressage, when I was there before, um, he and I got together, and we started our own breeding uh, business called Sport Horse Legacy, because Hassler Dressage was getting out of the breeding business. So we took on all the stallions that we had already represented, and just kept representing those st- those same exact stallions. Okay. Um, and so we did that for two years, and then... When that ended, then I started my business because I was like, what am I going to do for extra income? Like, I don't know what to do. And my husband was like, why don't you just teach? And I was like, nobody wants to take lessons from me. Like, Aww. you know, I, you know, and um, he was like, yes, they do. You're great at this. So he was my big, big push advocate into doing that. And um, I joined the local dressage club, the Great Lakes Dressage Club. Mm-hmm. And that's really how I got most of my clients starting out. Nice. So did you have a horse with you the whole time, like your own horse? Yes. You've always had your own horse. Yes. Whether you board, did you ever board it or did you? Yeah. So when we moved here, because I didn't have a, you know, I just had the job from Hassler's, I cleaned stalls uh, four days a week with my two kids to pay for board. So uh, the first barn I was at, I was cleaning 18 stalls. The second barn I was at, I think I was up to 21 four days a week. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I realized I could, I enjoyed teaching lessons way more, and I yes. made more money teaching lessons than right. I did cleaning stalls. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what, what horse do you currently have then? What's your horse so that you currently have? So my mare that I currently have, she just her, she'll be nine this year, and she's an Oldenburg mare. Um, her name is Sylvain, just like the song. She's very <laughs> opinionated, and um, she's a little sassy and I love her and she's like my heart horse so and she's the one that you trained from the ground up yes yep so um I did all the starting work with her which was really fun and very eye-opening in you know a lot of ways when you and they're all so different you know and I I have horses in training now and every one of them is different all their personalities are different how they learn is different um which is really it's a keeps it so interesting so what level it's like, do you want to take her to, do you want to go all the way? Or? Yeah, that's my goal. So yeah. this year I'm hoping that we'll come out third level. Um, sure. So we're just finishing up our flying lead change. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm hoping that she'll be a Grand Prix horse. We'll see. Wow. Yeah. It takes, I mean, it takes a ton of strength and, you know, a lot of support and not every horse gets there because it just doesn't, you know, it's like yeah. every person being a professional athlete, you know, that doesn't, just doesn't work that way. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to college really quick <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> because there's a part that I don't think we talked about. You competed in nationals. Yes. How was that? So my senior year, we can, well, we competed at nationals um, my sophomore, junior, and senior year. So my sophomore year and my junior year, we just went as a team. My senior year, my entire team went as the team and then we all also competed as individuals which was like super awesome that was so much fun um uh so i ended up six that year in nationals which was i was happy with yeah Yeah. um 
but it's it's definitely in, you know it's intense because it's you get 10 minutes and it's always like the luck of the draw you know if you pick the right horse that yes. you know is the nicest horse out of all three groups or whatever but it makes it a lot of fun yeah and really interesting what was your favorite if you had to pick one thing your favorite part of college your college experience my favorite part of my college experience would probably be meeting my husband. Aww, <laughs> that's so sweet. Uh, uh, so you now, t- go ahead. How did you meet him? Being that you were so busy, he wasn't. It didn't sound like he was in the barn. And no. Okay. So um, <laughs> I, he was in the dorm next to me in the agriculture. It was like we called it the agricultural dorm because that's where most of the agricultural kids were at. So um, our college used to be based like as an agricultural school. So we okay. have people that do pigs and sheep and cows and, you know, all everything you can think of. Um, so he lived over there because he was in the, fr- the agricultural fraternity at the time. Okay. And so, you know, like I was always super busy, but my friends in my dorm were like, you have to come over and hang out with us. You have to come over <laughs> and hang out with us. And actually my friend that was dating another guy at the time, she was like, you have to meet this guy because I think he's perfect for you. And I was like, if you think you're going to set me on a blind date, <laughs> my freshman year in college, you are crazy. Your and, freshman year. Yeah. So, okay. um, but we ended up meeting on our own like one night and, um, and then he asked me to, I, he asked me to go country line dancing. The next weekend, and so we went line dancing, and that was that was it. That's all she wrote. What what does he do? Because you said he was in ag. Is he still? Yeah. So he is an agronomy research manager. So he farms. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Now, does he ride too? Did you get him to start riding? He does not ride. Um, He has ridden. He has sat on my old horse Colton Mm -hmm. a couple of times, uh, but he does not ride. So he's just super supportive. Yeah. And it's nice. Uh, we just went down uh, to a trainer in South Carolina um, who I really, really like. And um, he went with me. So he and I went just the two of us mm-hmm. for 10 days to South Carolina. Oh, wow. And um, his mom watched the kids, which was so nice. And he watched and sat and watched lessons. And he was like, you know, you do this and then she does that and you know and so like he was able to help me a little bit in that sense and it's nice because I hadn't taken a lesson in a very long time until I started doing a couple clinics this year and so it's nice that like he can come with me and see that kind of stuff because then he can come to the barn and he can say "Mm, doesn't look like it did in South Carolina or you know another set of eyes yeah yeah so how often do you like where do you put that on the priority list now of you taking lessons you know, instead of just you doing the training all yourself. So it hasn't been a priority for me, which is really bad um, because everybody needs a set of eyes, you know, like Mm -hmm. what you feel and what is actually coming off of the horse, like what people see can be two very different things. Um, So to me, that's my really, you know, like I love training horses and the more horses you ride, the better rider you are. Mm -hmm. And the more divorce, diverse horses you ride, the better rider you are. So I love training, but I really have to make sure that, um, I'm always learning and always getting better Mm -hmm. so that I can continue to be be better for my clients and better for my other horses. Um, so I'm going to make that more of a priority for myself Uh this year. That's my goal. Um, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because I have these aspirations for myself and for my horse. And so I definitely need help getting there. Nice. So with Very the nice. training that you're doing right now, is this something that you are 
training other people's horses do you or they're you're training them to ride their horses or both both so i do give lessons throughout the area i have um clients in bowling green and i have clients in grand rapids and i have uh, clients in toledo and i have clients in swanton um but then i also have horses that come in for training so either they're wanting the horses to learn something or they're wanting to just be in more of an intense training program. So I have one client in training right now that she actually takes three lessons a week and that's, um, that's half training. So she takes the lessons because she wants to be in that kind of intense environment for right now, mm-hmm. um, which is great, you know, so it kind of leaves it open. Some people just send their horses and I ride them and train them and then they go home and that's okay too. So are your um, clients all different ages or do you have, do you mainly see that, um, you know, there's a an age group that you work with or are they all different ages? So um, it kind of depends. A lot of uh, younger kids want to jump, right? Because like that's the really fun stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's fun, right? I was that way too, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't get very many uh, kids that are just dressage. I have, I've had a few. Mm-hmm. Um, so mostly um, it's older. Okay. Older clients. So what would you tell someone that is like, what are your tips for people that are just starting dressage or want to start dressage? Is to get a good trainer. Because I, I really, really feel like, um, you know, dressage is about training your horse um, to use their body properly. And this, and the horse can't use its body properly if you're not using your body properly. And you can't do that on your own. Like, you really need a good trainer and you need to be in a good training program in order to build the strength in the core muscles that helps to balance your horse and to help to uh, train it to sit properly and to use itself correctly. Go ahead. Is that something that you feel like you just, over time, you your body adjusts to that? You, you're training your body to do that while you're on the horse? Or are there actual exercises that you do that are for this off of the horse? So um, I used to just think it was just lots of riding. And it is lots of time in the saddle, tons of time in the saddle. But um, in order to be stronger for my horse, I need to be stronger too. So there are like... I haven't recently, like in the past week, um, because we've had sick kids at my house, but uh-huh. um, I get up and normally do some sort of kind of Pilates exercise or something like that. For a while, last year, I was working with a personal trainer and doing strength training because I had torn my ACL. Okay. So I needed that help in um, getting back into shape. But I feel like it's really important we expect our horses to be these big muscular Mm -hmm. like things and to Mm -hmm. do all these fancy tricks and stuff. But it's important for us to be in shape, too, because how can you expect your horse to go through a, you know, five minute dressage test if you can't have that same kind of, um, you know, ability to do that, too. So. Mm -hmm. So what would you tell someone um, that like isn't doing dressage but like wants to apply some of those like techniques to their riding so I really feel like um dressage is the basis for the majority of riding Mm -hmm. disciplines and um you know I've been at western barns around here and they'll say like you know some of some of the people that apply dressage basics to their western riding are some of the best horses that come out of um you know those programs because it's about balance and using your horse properly. And the same thing you have to, you know, like 
my trainer used to always tell us that jumping is just flat work over jumps. That's it. So if you're not riding good flat work and learning how to use your core to do a half halt before a fence, then you're, you know, you're going to miss your distances or you're not going to be able to lengthen a stride or shorten a stride for a jump. So, um, yeah, so I think it's, I think flat work's super important for all the horses. You can't jump all the time or, you know, do all of that stuff all the time. So. And do you feel like it was important that like, as you were growing up with horses, you were just like in the barn, working in the barn, trying to see as much, like see other people riding. You weren't necessarily like taking all those lessons, but you were there. Do you feel like that's important for younger people to be doing as well? Yeah, I think, you know, the, it's not just about riding, you know, it's a relationship with your horse. And so spending the time in the barn and grooming your horse and learning to have tack up and learning to take care of it. I mean, they're living animals, right? Like they get sick and they get cuts and they get hurt and things like that. And you have to learn how to take care of them. Um, and so spending as much time in the barn as you can and learning from other people, I always say that you can learn something from every single trainer, you know, and so I encourage my riders, yeah, go take a clinic, go audit, because you can learn something by watching. You can learn something by listening to somebody else. Um, Yeah, so I think spending time in the barn and learning about your horse and how to take care of it and then watching other people ride is super important. Do you feel that with your horses with like um, warm bloods versus, say, a thoroughbred or other horses that you're looking for a specific attitude for a good dressage horse or I know you're talking about elasticity and yeah do they you know what do they have the tendency to be able to do but do you feel the attitude also has yeah so a good work ethic is always important right because you're asking these huge animals to do um to do all these things for you so and you know and some people it depends on the person. You know, some people like horses a little bit hotter, and you can definitely look for that in breeding. Mm-hmm. Some people like things a little bit calmer, and that's okay. Everybody has their own different ride, and I think it's important when you're looking for a horse that you look for a horse that you enjoy riding. That's mm-hmm. your ride mm-hmm. because that's going to be the best the best combination for mm-hmm. the two. Um, <laughs> my mare, Sylvain, you know, when I bought her at three months, you don't really know what her attitude yeah. is like. And she can be pretty sassy. <laughs> uh, so, um, which isn't always my pick. You know, I prefer she'd kind of tone that down a little. But um, I also think that when that trust between her and I, um, she really trusts me, you know, and I really trust her. So I know when I can push in those moments and when I can't. Yeah. And I think that's really important. So, and when we break through those moments where she's like really nervous or she's very unsure about how to do something, um, she'll allow me to ride her through those moments now. And then she gives me 110%, you know, because of that. So yeah, there's good parts and bad parts to all their attitudes. (laughs) Mares or geldings for dressage? Mm, I think it, you know, it doesn't matter either way. Um, People have always said that like geldings, you can... Um, you know, like ride a little differently because they don't hold a grudge so much. And sometimes you can see in a mare that they're like, you know, yesterday when you told me <laughs> that I needed to do something, you know, they kind of like hold that a little bit, a little bit. But I think it doesn't matter either way. And breed wise, do you feel that there's a difference or not so much? Um, like for dressage wise. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that there are breeds that are more in, um, that are set up more to succeed at dressage. That doesn't mean that there can't be horses that can't improve and can't um, 
do very high levels of dressage that, um, you know, you're unexpected because that's, that happens. So I think sure. with good training, um, you can all, you can take any horse as far as you want. Nice. I'm sorry. Did you say breeds or braids? Breeds. I heard the word braids, I heard braids. and braids. I was like, yeah, tell me what, how should you braid your horses? <laughs> so we do button braids for shows. <laughs> Let's talk about braids next. <laughs> Button braids. There you go. <laughs> so the having your children out in the barn mm-hmm. um, and growing up in probably a different world than what we grew up in with all the electronics that they have now and the ability to be online all the time, what do you feel like is, is really important for your kids to either have that balance or what you want them to, to get out of being in the barn? Like what are they, what do you feel like? it helps with your kids. I want my kids to know, I mean, don't get me wrong. My kids, you know, definitely watch my phone at times when I'm teaching a lesson and they're with me and I'm like, shit, be quiet. Cause I'm teaching. <laughs> um, but I want them to, to realize that there are things that are more important than yourself at times. And that it's our job to take care of these animals and to take care of other people. And so sometimes you have to sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, you sacrifice, going out or doing other things because the horse is sick or, um, you know, like we dinner at a different time now because I have to do evening chores and that's just how it goes. You know, like I want them to learn that there are responsibilities Mm -hmm. and that you have to take those seriously because there are living animals and we have dogs at home, you know, too. So our kids get that part of it too at times. Um, yeah, I just want them to realize that there are other things besides themselves you know, that are important. How did you start your kids out in the barn and like teaching them to respect the animals? And <laughs> <laughs> So um, Zoe's always been really, really good about, she's always been a really good listener. Um, so she was pretty easy starting out in the barn. Um, Sammy, my middle, because <laughs> he was so little. So <laughs> when at first I was doing stalls and riding and stuff, he was actually just in um, I had a little portable swing that I took with me and he likes swing while I did stalls. And then when he started crawling and walking, I have this like big, um, playpen thing that I put him in. So that like made me feel safe. I dumped a bunch of toys in there and I'd put like peanut butter crackers in there. I'm like, you have food toys. You're good. There you are. You're good for a little while. So, um, but then I, so I'd take that with me to my lessons too. Like when I had the kids and I have a picture of, you know, of an indoor and the, the playpen is like right at the entrance of the indoor and I'm teaching. And then the horse is like leaning over and looking at my oh, kids and Zoe's feeding so him sweet. Cheerios. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sweet. Man. So from there you like started getting them to pick stalls with you and grooming and, um, yeah. started riding at three. Yeah. Yeah, so Zoe started riding when she was really little, um, and she just, she loved it, you know, but then um, she had a fall, and so she got a little nervous, And but she still likes to get on horses, um, and both my boys love to get on. Um, it's always, I always like them to have a, a small, healthy fear of the horse, right, because they're big animals, mm-hmm. and they can hurt them, um, not even knowingly, just, you know, stepping on them by accident or whatever, and, you know, my kids' feet are so little that, you know, they'll break <laughs> easy and stuff, so um, I like them to have a little bit of fear yeah. of their horses, and they need to have a good respect for them, you know, there are animals, and so... But they're pretty good about, like, you know, I'll say, we're bringing in the horses now. You guys have to go to the other, go, you know, the other end of the barn, and they'll all move, and 
yeah so they're pretty good about it yeah was there anything else not that i can think of right now okay how can people find you? Are you on Facebook? Are you on Instagram? I am on Facebook, yep. So my business is called Rock Solid Dressage, and I have a Facebook page, and then, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll enter our segment, Canter Banter. Do you love horses and live the equestrian lifestyle? Be sure to check out our brand new blog at www.yourhorsefarm.com. We publish three posts per week and feature a free printable equine checklist every month. Yourhorsefarm.com is a great equine online resource, so be sure to share with all the horse lovers in your life. And remember, laugh much and ride often. Our next segment, Cancer Banter, is brought to you by Ram Horse Fencing and Stalls, the one-stop shop for your horse farm. Ram is family-owned and operated and has been in business for over 30 years. We welcome you to call in and speak with an expert about your next project today at 866-653-8984. Again, that's 866-653-8984. And we're back. On this segment of Cantor Banter, we're going to be talking about family businesses. <laughs> so, so, both of you, um, my grandma and you, Nicole, um, have started a business from absolutely nothing. So, talk a little bit about that. Go ahead, Nicole. So, um, you know, like when I started my training business, I was a little scary. The good thing was I did, really didn't have any overhead when I first started my training business. You know, like I had already had a horse um, and things like that. So, like, I wasn't really having to, um, like, cover a lot of expenses. So, that was, like, a good peace of mind for me to start yeah. out. Um, but it has grown into something a lot more than I ever imagined. Um, and I'm really grateful that I get to pass on my passion of riding to people and to see, um, like their dreams come to life is exactly why I do what I do to see the look on their face when they get that, you know, great canter transition or that first feeling of like true throughness in their hands and their seat. Uh, that is the totally the best moment. Yeah. What about you? Well, we just started slow, and so with the company and then grew, I think the biggest thing was, like, the for us, um, we have, you know, as, as we do, like, the equestrian products and that type of thing. So our biggest thing was just, you know, the, the, the warehousing, um, the purchasing, that type of thing, and making sure that we had the products that our customers were looking for, and then being able to be in that position of having horses and knowing how the horses um, how the products withstood with the horses then made such a big difference, so it helped a lot. Um, but I think the the growing pains sometimes are difficult. Yeah. At times you go along and then all of a sudden you hit kind of a, a hump or a growing pain, and then you have to get beyond that. Mm-hmm. So have you done that as well too, Nicole? Um, so I guess we're kind of I'm kind of in that spot right now because now you know like I'm running my business out of a out of the farm at Centerline Farms, and um, just having to add the extra time in, it's been awesome that I can tra- take in training horses, which has been really really nice, um, and I love the facility there, um, and the owners of the barn are so generous. Um, but it is different for me, you know, it adds a lot more time. And then I've had to learn how to balance my lesson students that want lessons for me to still travel because that now I'm traveling outside of my own barn to do lessons for people, which is time away from my barn that I need to do things there um, and other horses that I could be riding at my barn. And then it's taking away even more time from my family and my kids. So 
that that's kind of been a hard transition. It is. <laughs> it is. I think when you have children and you're trying to run the business, it's one of those things that you, you know, your husband's so supportive, which is wonderful, mm -hmm. and that helps a lot. But you hit certain times with different ages with your children in school mm -hmm. <clears throat> where you kind of hit those times. And um, it always seems like we were able to work through it, but sometimes you're really scratching your head trying to figure out how do we go next? Yeah. What's the next step to continue on? So I think that's, yeah, can be a bit of a challenge at times. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast and encourage you to share with all your equestrian family and friends. You can tune in to Late Night Riders podcast show every Friday night. Each episode will be uploaded exclusively on YouTube where you can subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with our latest shows. Do you have a topic you'd like us to discuss? We want to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at or feel free to leave a comment below. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>